Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. Just so you know, not all the anti-pipeline demonstrations or actions, as they're called, turn into fights or battles involving attack dogs, armor vehicles, rubber bullets, tear gas, and water cannons. Some begin and end peacefully. And not all the actions are at or near the protest camps, which are near where the pipeline is scheduled to cross the Missouri River before the end of the year. Sometimes the protesters, or water protectors, leave the camps in caravans, a line of a hundred cars moving across the rolling hills of the Great Plains. One day, I followed them to Bismarck, 30 miles north, where they marched around the state capitol building and then moved downtown to the federal building, and no one was arrested or pepper sprayed. When they were at the capitol building, the cops stayed back, out of sight. As you can see here today, there's no cop presence physically here. This is Nathan Lang, a white guy who grew up on the Standing Rock Reservation. He was there watching the protest. They're peacefully marching, screaming, chanting, doing their thing, but you don't see any drama, no violence, nobody's fighting, no, nothing's being disturbed. You have people in their different groups talking and doing things, but other than that, it's pretty peaceful. So you support the protest? Yep, I support the protest. And my concern is the people of Bismarck and Mandan behind closed doors shot at 44 miles south. I think there's a valid point being proven, you know. Okay, let's explain that a little bit. What happened there? If, if Governor Darrymple and Attorney General Wayne Stangham don't want the oil underneath their house and in their backyard, why is it okay for it to be in these guys' backyard? As, as far as I'm concerned, nobody in the country should want the water contaminated, you know. From the Capitol building, the water protectors walked about a mile into downtown Bismarck and stopped at the federal building where they were met by a line of about 30 police in riot gear, some with fire extinguisher-sized tanks of pepper spray. There were spectators standing on the corners of the intersection, local people, and some of them were quite upset. I'm a local, and I want these people to get the hell out of the state. They don't belong here, they're clogging the road, all of them are from out of state. We don't want them clogging the road. We don't want them being here. We don't want to see this in the middle of our city. And when these people come walking past, there's like we're seriously worried that they're going to start breaking windows or doing something like that. This is the kind of thing that we would rather see happen somewhere far from Bismarck, North Dakota. So do you understand the protests at all? Are you in any way sympathetic to it? I'm not sympathetic at all. I do understand what they're trying to do. Don't build the pipeline, you know. We don't need oil. Unfortunately, we do need oil. So that's not going to change anytime soon. And what they don't realize is that as they build, as they protest this pipeline and delay it, the oil is going to be continue to be transported on the railway, which of course is less efficient and more dangerous than just using the pipeline. But that's not, none of them are ever going to realize something like that. So they're just obnoxious and blocking the road, and they're not going to go away anytime soon, unfortunately, until the police start bringing out the pepper spray and the tear gas and all the other fun stuff. Right, right, right. So could you tell me your name? Do you want to tell me your name? The last guy Josh. Josh. And you, what do you do here? Actually, I work online. I work on the Internet. But I do live very, very close to here. To, closer than I'd like to something like this. And you grew up here? No. 
No, I've only been here for 10 years. So the people that you know, how do they feel? Is there any they, disagreement? Or? Among the people that I know, none of them want these people here. This is just not the kind of situation that lends itself to good outcomes. One of the locals was so upset he started walking across the street to directly confront the water protectors, but the cops stopped him, told him he was only making things worse. I'm making it worse? What about all these motherfuckers breaking the law? I'm not breaking any law. What am I doing? What am I doing? They spoke to him quietly, trying to calm him down. Then get rid of them! He did calm down a bit, and I tried to interview him but he was not even close to saying yes. Then things got really quiet. They're so quiet. They're praying. They're quiet because they're praying. This is Brandy King, an indigenous woman from Fort Belknap, Montana. They're just trying to um, bring our spirit back. The indigenous spirit was, was uh, they tried to take that away from us through boarding schools, through relocation, through removal, through assimilation through that whole, you know, the process that the government used to take away that indigenous spirit. We've lived with the wounds for, the, with, for years with those wounds. And so now we're, you know, fighting. We want our indigenous spirit back. So it, it become, it's almost like a war zone. You know, I've been to a war zone. I've been into combat. I served, yeah, in Iraq. We're born as warriors and um, you had indigenous serving during World War One, before we were even considered citizens. So we serve at a, you know, a very high rate per cap, you know. So we're always there to defend and protect. And this is the first time that I've tried to, uh, this is the first time I've tried to fight for peace, you know. So this has helped me, you know, kind of brought me in full circle. This guy didn't want to tell me his name. I want to drive up 3rd Street, and I can't because why? Go, go get a job. Go to work. Make a living. Make, do something productive. This isn't productive. They're just causing trouble. Why do you want to cause trouble? Nobody should want to cause trouble. It's sad. Do you know any, are any of your friends supporters of the protest? No, 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 no. All my friends work. They have a job. I met a, I did talk to another guy who said he didn't want to talk on tape, but he said local people don't protest, they talk. They yeah. talk out their problems. Work it out. Have you heard that before? Yeah. We're, it's, it's intelligence versus stupidity. I mean, that's just my opinion, but that's how I view it, and that's how most people view this, locals. Okay, so let's You're just coming about, here to cause trouble. Why do you want to cause trouble? Go to the meetings. You know how many, many meetings they didn't make? You know, it... It's sad because, in my opinion, because they're stupid. They don't know how to settle things in a normal, productive way. My name is Howard Eagleshield. Um, this here is Bismarck, North Dakota right now. So what do you think about this protest? Well, you know they're right. What are you going to drink after they mess up all the water? And it's not just a river. There's underground water tables. And how are they going to clean that? That's impossible. So you're synth- sympathetic? Oh, sure. That's my people. Do you want to go over there and join them? Or I was. Yeah, you were? I was over there, but I'm working right now. I just got off work, so I got things to do yet. Um, does it... I, the people I met who are there, they're not from around here. Does that bother you that there's 
they're mostly not from around here? Or you think that's a good thing? They're going to come from all over if it turns worse. All over the world, they're going to come here. If it turn, if that pipeline goes through, there's there going to be a lot more people than this here. You don't think in the winter if it'd be too cold they'll go home? We've survived many winters, ain't nothing. So you think that the people are going to stay, continue the protest, oh, yeah. and not go home? No, they're not going home. And if they do, some other ones will come, because it's been doing that. People come and go home, other people come and stay as long as they can. I was down there till I ran out of money. At the camp? Yes. Do you have friends who are there at the camp? Half of my family is down there. And who's benefiting from this? Nobody. Nobody I can see. They never hired nobody around here. They already had their own crews. So all they're doing is going through. Nobody's making money. Why are, why are they so down on the protesters? Not a darn one of them is making any headway out of this. The people are anti-protesters. Yeah. So local people, business owners that have lots to say, and um, they don't say it to the, they say it to the little kids and the old ladies, but they won't say it to a man. Mean thing, bad things, derogatory things. About yeah, they don't, they don't have to do that. I also heard this from another local person. A woman who's Sioux and grew up on the reservation but now lives in Bismarck. She said her small children were being called names in school, which hadn't happened before. But she didn't want to talk about it on tape. A lot of people didn't want to talk on tape. Twice I was threatened with bodily harm by bystanders for merely introducing myself as a reporter. It was Trump country, after all, and only a few days after the election... I think a lot of people felt like they just didn't have to put up with this liberal stuff anymore. One day at a protest action, a guy pulled a gun on some water protectors. Not a cop, just a guy in a pickup truck. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. The water protectors were blocking a dirt road, a county road leading to an equipment yard and a man camp for people working on the pipeline. And a guy in a big diesel pickup truck came driving up the dirt road, honking his horn like he wasn't going to stop. A bunch of water protectors stood in front of him and got him to slow down and then forced him to stop. But then, surrounded, the guy pulled out a gun. Put that gun down! Put that fucking gun down! Watch it! He was waving the gun around yelling that he was just trying to go home. He was scared and angry. People were climbing on his truck, and then he took off and ran over a woman's foot. I found the woman and talked to her after it happened. She was sitting on the back of a pickup truck, and her foot and ankle were swollen the size of a softball. My name is Vanna Lewis. Uh, I go by Vanna D. Worthy. I'm out here in North Dakota. I'm a member of the Tawana Optum tribe in Tucson, Arizona. We are indigenous to South Arizona, along with other areas in that area. Why did you come up? 
I came up to be with my family to protect our water. Uh, it's so important. Uh, I saw the call, I heard the prayers, and I came out here to stand and be a water protector and to be a resistance against people that are hurting our Mother Earth. I'm 31 years old, and I have many of people that depend on water, period. Everyone does. And I'm out here just to make sure that that water stays clean, and if, even if I have to give my all to it. And are you doing all right? It looks like you're... I'm pretty shooken up. I just got my feet ran over. My I'm throbbing. My whole body hurts. I fell off this massive truck. My, my finger's busted. I'm sure it's going to need stitches. What are you going to do now? I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak with my ancestors because, again, we're not here to be violent. We're not here. And um, personally, I'm glad it happened to me because I know that I know how to handle things like this. And I'm not going to get angry or bitter or, you know, I already forgive that man. Obviously, he was scared. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't understand the importance of water himself. So I pray for that whoever that man is that hurt me physically. And I know that uh, that good medicine is going to come out and he's, he's going he's gonna to know the difference when when we when we all stand together, people will know what really what really matters, and this is what matters, and it's protecting our mother earth, it's protecting our water, and it's protecting humanity. You think about it, humanity. We're protecting humanity. As far as I know, nobody was arrested or pepper sprayed that day. The state highway patrol was there, but they stayed back in de-escalation mode, and after a couple of hours, the water protectors got in their cars and drove back to the camp. Three days later, though they came back to the same spot with a lot more people, maybe 400, and more than half had their faces covered for protection and also to conceal their identities. They quickly proceeded to block the county road as well as the state highway leading to the county road and a railroad track running alongside. There were maybe 60 to 80 cops there in riot gear, and some of them formed a line along the railroad tracks. So there were cops on one side of the tracks and protesters on the other. This is an unlawful protest. The water protectors parked an older pickup truck alongside the tracks and then smashed the windows, slit the tires, and put brush and branches underneath like they were going to light it on fire. Watch out for the enemies among us! There are infiltrators and plainclothes policemen in our crowd! You don't know who you're standing next to! Find a buddy! These are the people who will push you into the police and get you arrested. Then the cops started pushing them back to the highway, using pepper spray, arresting maybe 10 people, and then everybody got in their cars and left the scene. Calm down, everybody's leaving. It was a skirmish, not a large battle, not like five days later on Sunday night back near the camp at the bridge where hundreds of people were injured, some severely injured. The area around the Sacred Stone and Oseti Sakawing camps is like a war zone, with military vehicles parked up on the bluffs looking down on hundreds of teepees and yurts along the Cannonball River. The Army Corps of Engineers has now announced they will clear the Oseti Sakawing camp, the camp that's on Army Corps land, on December 5th. The water protectors, the local Sioux at least, say the camp is on land that still belongs to them, that it was taken from them illegally, and that they intend to stay. I've read recently there are 10,000 people in the camps now, that the numbers are growing with the cold weather, not going down. I'm going to go back to see what happens. 
I'll leave in a couple of days, and I'm going to try to post reports from there. It's too slow coming back and working from home. Things are changing so quickly. I don't know. I'm going to try to figure it out as I go. Thanks for listening.